All right, before we wrap here, let's give the last word to our lovely hosts, the Jane Addams Hull House Museum. Ross Jordan is the interim director and curatorial manager at Hull House, and he's going to shout out some activities here that you can take part in. Hey, Ross. Hey, good to be here. This was a fabulous time. Thank you. It was a great time. Thank you. October, I know, is a very, very busy month here. What is it about Hull House that you think just makes a good fit for supernatural events? Well, I think there's two things. One is if you look outside at Hull House, we have a beautiful courtyard. And the uh, fall leaves that are falling in that courtyard look beautiful. But then when you come at night, we leave the museum around 5 o'clock. In the evening, the lights go down, and it becomes a spookier space. And so I think people coming by Halstead Street, Mm -hmm. as they have done for hundreds of years, see this house that looks a little out of place, and they just wonder what's going on in there. What is going on in there? Well, you know, there have been a number of horror-themed events here this month. There's more happening before the end of the month, including this Saturday's Halloween Family Day with the Chicago Public Library. That sounds pretty cool. Can you briefly tell us about that? Yeah, I think we're going to have a great day. It's going to be beautiful, hopefully. Um, We're going to have crafts for kids, lots of ghost and scary crafts. And then the librarians, our great partners at Chicago Public Libraries, are bringing in fantastic books um, that are about houses that have families that might be haunted yeah. or houses that want to be haunted but maybe not haunted enough. Yeah. And I think my favorite uh, a story about a vampire and a witch that are living in a home but it's a pink cottage and doesn't really fit the vibe. <laughs> oh my gosh. And this is sold out but you are accepting walk-ins, yes? Yes, it's sold out. We're also having walked in so please come by. Um, we'll also be uh, having crafts and fun things for kids to do all day long. And 30 seconds. Tell us what else is coming up here at Hull House that people can attend. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're open every day, uh, Tuesday through Friday, uh, 9 to 5 p.m. Uh, the key thing is that we're really celebrating arts education um, at the museum. And so right yeah. now there's a great display called the Benedict Gallery celebrating Anella Benedict, who was the art and arts educator here at Whole House Museum. So that exhibition will be up through December. And so come to the museum, see that exhibition. Open really every fantastic. day. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Ross Jordan, Interim Director and Curatorial Manager at Hull House. Thank you so much for talking with us. Again, thanks for the invite. Welcome. Good to have you here. Oh my gosh, we made it. That's it for Reset. Thank you so much to our host, the Jane Adams Hull House Museum. And thank you to all of you wonderful people who stopped by in costume. Wow. Thank you to those listening over the radio and online. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to take this ghost tour to the last place you might expect. We're going to be on a boat on Lake Michigan. Also, we're going to chat with journalist Jamel Hill about her new memoir. It's titled Uphill. But for now, I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thank you for listening. Have yourselves a wonderful day, and we'll meet again tomorrow. It is 12.58. Here and Now is coming up next. Today we're going to talk about Ukraine. Republicans and some Democrats have signaled a willingness to limit support for Ukraine's war effort ahead of the midterms. Also on the program, we'll talk about Medicare. Starting in 2025, drugs offered to Medicare patients will have to be priced no more than a mandated maximum. You'll learn more in about 15 minutes on Here and Now. This is WBEZ HD Chicago 91.5 FM, WBEQ HD Morris 90.7 FM, WBEK Kankakee 91.1 FM, W219 CD Elgin, and on the WBEZ app.
WBEZ is supported by CIBC, helping people go from where they are to where they want to be for over 150 years, from starting local to going national. CIBC Bank USA, ambitions made real, member FDIC, equal housing lender, and by Writers Theater, presenting Tiger Style, an adventure about belonging, succeeding, and who we blame when we fail, opens September 29th. Tickets and information at writerstheater.org. Also by Gray, presenting David Hockney, 20 Flowers and Some Bigger Pictures, an an exhibition of recent works inspired by his daily observations while quarantining at his residence in France. On view November 4th through December 23rd. Sunny, a breezy day, 51 going up to 55 and clear and chilly tonight, a low of 42, sunny and 56 for tomorrow. And join us Thursday night for a live candidates forum between the Democrat and Republican running to represent Illinois in the U.S. Senate. This forum hosted by WBEZ, the Sun-Times, and WTTW. That's 7 o'clock tomorrow night here at 91.5 and on the WBEZ app. The forum hosted by WBEZ, the Sun-Times, and WTTW. That's 7 o'clock Thursday night right here at 91.5 and on the WBEZ app. WBEZ is supported by Weber Furniture Service, offering reupholstery, wood refinishing, repair, and leather maintenance, serving both commercial and residential markets throughout Chicagoland. More at WeberFurniture.com. Also by Gray, presenting David Hockney, uh, 20 Flowers and Some Bigger Pictures, an, exhi- an exhibition of iPad paintings and photographic drawings inspired by his daily observations while quarantining at his residence in France. Opens November 4th. And WBEZ is supported by Bass, Berry, and Sims Healthcare Law Practice for the caretakers and the changemakers, providing transactional, regulatory, and compliance and investigative advice to providers across the country. More at BassBerry.com. One of the costliest hurricanes in U.S. history barreled through Florida weeks ago. I'm Jeremy Hobson, and next time on The Middle, we'll be live from station WGCU in Fort Myers, asking you how your life is changing due to climate change and what, if anything, you want the government to do about it. Call us at 844-4MIDDLE. That's 844-4MIDDLE. And join us live on The Middle. That's tonight at 8 o'clock. Join the conversation live on WBEZ. You're listening to WBEZ HD Chicago, 91.5 FM. WBEQ HD Morris, 90.7 FM. WBEK Kankakee, 91.1 FM. And anytime on your smart speaker. It's noon. You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Coming up on the show, I don't know about you, but all this talk about ghosts and devils stirs up an overwhelming feeling in me, and that's fear. But can fear be healthy? And at what point can it ruin your life? A psychologist breaks it down. Plus, we talk with a decay expert. Yeah, you heard that right. He'll explain his obsession with things dying and falling apart and why you might be fascinated too. Those stories and more all happening live from UIC campus right after the latest news. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. With less than two weeks before the midterm elections, the White House is rolling out new measures aimed at easing rising prices in the United States. NPR's Windsor Johnson reports President Biden's announcing more steps to give people across the U.S., as he puts it, more financial breathing room. It's a familiar message from the president as record high inflation continues to weigh on American families. With everyday prices still rising, Biden says his administration is going after so-called junk fees, surprise charges added to bills. Like processing fees for concert tickets or like resort, resort fees. When you think you're paying one price to book a hotel and you only find out 
after you're checking out that there's a resort fee you've never heard about that's added to your bill. Biden says he's also directing his administration to require airlines, banks, and Internet companies to disclose fees up front. Windsor Johnston, NPR News, Washington. Three more men have been convicted in connection with a plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer in 2020. Prosecutors say the defendants, members of the paramilitary group the Wolverine Watchmen, imposed the Democrats' pandemic-related restrictions. They held gun drills with the leader of the kidnapping plot, Adam Fox. Fox and Barry Croft Jr. were convicted earlier of conspiring to kidnap and kill the governor. The man who plowed his SUV through a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin last year is now facing life in prison for killing six people that day. Judge Jennifer Darrow read the jury's verdict against Darrell Brooks a short time ago. We, the jury, find the defendant, Darrell E. Brooks, guilty of first-degree intentional homicide. Brooks also injured dozens of people. In all, he was convicted on 66 counts for the November 2021 attack. Brooks represented himself. People with serious mental illness are 10 times more likely to be incarcerated than hospitalized. That's according to a new report by a panel of chief justices and other professionals from state courts. NPR's Ritu Chatterjee reports nearly 2 million people with mental illness are arrested every year. The panel worked closely with the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration to investigate how courts respond to people with mental illness. The head of that agency, Assistant Secretary Miriam Delphin-Rittman, notes that 70% of individuals in the justice system have a diagnosed mental illness and or substance use disorder. The justice system often becomes an entry point for individuals to receive prevention, intervention, treatment, um, and recovery services. The report recommends that the justice system work with local behavioral health system divert to divert individuals with mental illness and substance use disorders to appropriate community-based care. Read the strategy in PR News. The Dow is up 140 points. This is NPR. It's 12.04, 48 degrees and sunny skies. I'm Lisa Lavez, WBEZ News. Mayor Lori Lightfoot today is introducing an ordinance that would give Chicago's mayor an annual salary increase. The pay bump would be tied to inflation with a 5% cap each year. The proposal also applies to citywide elected offices of clerk and treasurer. Elected offices could opt out of a raise if they choose. The mayor currently earns around $216,000 a year, but that salary has been stagnant for more than a decade. Reproductive rights group NARAL is on a nationwide tour to mobilize voters ahead of the November midterms, and one of its last stops is Chicago. WBEZ's Mawa Iqbal reports. NARAL President Minnie Timaraju says the energy she's seen from organizers is something she'd expect during a presidential election year. This is an appropriate historic reaction to a fundamental constitutionally protected right being taken away from the American people for the first time in American history. If we didn't have this kind of energy, I'd be very, very worried for our country. She says Illinois is an example of what states can be. But NARAL is closely watching the state's congressional races and volunteering for candidates who support abortion rights. She says Democrats like Tammy Duckworth and Lauren Underwood can help fight back against a nationwide abortion ban. Mawa Iqbal, WBEZ News. Sports Bulls hosting the Pacers tonight, tip-off at 7. A sunny, beautiful day on the chilly side, a high of 55, right now 48 degrees. I'm Lisa Labez, WBEZ News.
Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Progressive Insurance, where drivers can compare direct rates using Progressive's rate comparison tool at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are live from the historic Jane Addams Hall House over on the UIC campus. Before the break, we talked about devil babies, ghostly hitchhikers, and all the haunted ghost stories that you've heard in and around Chicago. Now we're going to turn to the root of all that, fear. What's the thing that you are most afraid of? Think about it. Is it heights? Spiders? Death? Well, regardless of what it is, everyone is scared of something. It's natural, but what happens when a fear makes it difficult to live your life? To learn more about fear and what we can do to overcome them, we are joined by Tyler Fortman, a clinical psychologist. Hi, Dr. Fortman. Welcome. Hi. Nice to meet you. So you specialize in treating fear and anxiety. Where did your interest come from? Yeah, I was really interested in judgment and decision making and how people sort of move through the world that has things that are really scary and things that aren't so scary. And how do we decide what we're going to engage with and what we're not going to engage with? Yeah. Um, and so... As I sort of got into that, it, it steamrolled into, okay, and, and why is it that some fears are a moment, a, a sort of like jump scare kind of experience, and then others become this sort of like chronic anxiety that really becomes it's debilitating like lasting. for people. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's dig in a little bit more into fear, right? So it's a, a natural instinct. What exactly is happening in our brain, though, when that kind of fear kicks in, the, the natural instinct type of fear? Yeah. So th we have a, a small organ in the middle of our brain, the amygdala. It's shaped like an almond. It's part of the limbic system. And, and this system is responsible for many of our emotions. And what it does is it connects <clears throat> a stimulus to previously like learned experiences. So we know how to react. And what's happening is that the amygdala lights up when we, when we experience a, a feared stimulus. Yeah. It lights up. It starts to get really active. It tells the nervous system then to also get active. That releases neurochemicals, releases hormones like adrenaline and cortisol um, that get our body ready to start moving, right? So the, yeah. the, the physical experience that, that we're used to with fear, the heart racing and the shortness of the breath, sweating, these are all responses that started here at the amygdala. The other thing that's happening in our brain is that our cortex, the cerebral cortex, that is responsible for, for rational thinking and reasoning gets shut off. And so it, when, we're, when we're really afraid, it's not a good time to be making sort of rational decisions because that part of our brain isn't even working. Oh. And so but we, what do we do usually? We make rational we make decisions. decisions. Yeah, or we certainly try, yeah. right? And, or we do really things that seem really dumb and as, when we look at them when our cerebral cortex is working and we see things like screaming when this, this scary person in the movie is like, walking right past the door. Well, this wouldn't be a good time to scream. You're trying to hide. But, but what's happening for that person is that, <laughs> That's it's so that true. Their, their cortex isn't working. And That's so the, literally what I would do. Yeah. And so the, the, it's a pretty normal, it's a, it's a normal experience. Your brain is taking over and preparing your body for, for fight or flight. So can this type of fear be healthy? Is that possible? Yeah. Fear itself is a core emotion. It's something we all experience. And it's really important that we we know that it's something that we experience and that we get, we have some um, tolerance to welcome it, to notice it, to feel it. Um, because when we don't, that's when it starts to become more pathological. I feel like half the country 
has anxiety at this point, right? Um, those are just my numbers, but you know, it just seems pretty sure. accurate with all the things going on. Uh, is anxiety different from fear, though? It is, yeah. How so? So, so fear is actually the core emotion. It is, it is the, the body's physical response to a stimulus. Anxiety is our reaction to that emotion. And so when fear is preparing our body to respond to the stimulus, to fight or to, to, to flee, yeah. right? Anxiety is telling us to push that experience down, right? Mm-hmm. That, that the fear is not okay or it can't, be, it can't be experienced in that moment. And that often becomes the anxiety, that, that piece of the experience often becomes what becomes lasting and also um, debilitating for people. So walk us through some of the most common types of anxieties and fears. Sure. So um, fears, we can think of fears like the, the kinds of things that, that you mentioned, sort of spiders or yeah. heights. Um, th- these things are, are scary. Um, ostracization from a group, right, or embarrassment. We might feel fears that, fear of that. Um, the anxieties then are often, are often more, um, they're, they're more chronic, they're more lasting, mm-hmm. um, because they are, when might I experience this fear and how, what should I do about it to try to avoid um, that that fear experience. The, the experience of fear is, is can be really painful. It can also be pleasurable, but it can be really painful. Yeah. So we've talked about fear as a natural instinct, but there are other kinds of fears. What are they? Yes. Um, so so fears can be learned based on experiences that we've had in our lives, right? And so if you think about a person that has had some kind of some sort of trauma experience, or mm-hmm. you think of a person who um, has a car, a car is not inherently scary, um, but we can develop an anxiety around being in a car if we have something, we have a, a, a level of fear from that car. We have a car accident or yeah. something that's really sort of traumatic. And then, then we develop an anxiety that cars actually are, they're conditioned. They're, they are a, a connection to that, that scary experience. So... I got a question for you. So one of our producers, Meha, is afraid of everything. (laughs) If she sees a spider in the house, she's not sleeping in that house until it's dead. Mm. How does she get over this? (laughs) It's a good question. Sounds kind of debilitating. (laughs) We could talk offline after the show. but uh, Oh, she's listening. Go ahead. Okay, great. (laughs) Um, So so the... What we need to do first is normalize that the, the physical experience of fear is normal and, it, and, and it's not going to kill you, right? It is your body doing what your body's supposed to do. Your brain, and we are built this way, we've evolved this way to be able to respond to things that, that are scary or potentially dangerous to us. It's kind of good. We want it to happen. Yeah. On the flip side, when that experience, when we've associated that experience with something that we're not allowed to have, either because someone has told us that we're not allowed to be afraid, we feel like the, the experience itself is overwhelming, then we have this, this sense of anxiety. And it sounds like that, the experience around spiders is, is an anxiety So she's experience. normal. Yeah. And she's, this she's, spider needs to die. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. and, and the only way to do it is to approach it, right? Uh-huh. To, to slowly Approach get, the spider? To get, to, to not actually uh, run from, run Dr. from the house. Dr. Fortman? <laughs> this could be... Yeah, chaotic. But but over time, to slowly bring bring oneself closer and closer to the thing that's scary. Yeah. And calm calm your nervous system down and bring yourself closer and closer until that we've we've un- unhitched the connection between yeah. the stimulus and the anxiety. 
So I want you to help us understand the crossover from fear being a natural instinct to an incapacitating one, right? So what's an example of a fear that could ruin someone's life? Fears of, fears of flying, for example, I mean, I don't know that ruins people's lives, but if, if you were a salesperson and you needed to move around the country on planes and all of a sudden you, you have a fear of, you have an anxiety around flying that yeah. ruins people's lives, right? The, um, Can we think of these as phobias? Or is, is that different from? We can, yes, yeah, and, and so phobias, and really what's, what becomes incapacitating and ruins people's lives are the anxieties, right? They're the reactions to the fear. I see. The, the experience of getting on the plane and your, your heart starting to race and your breath getting short, it doesn't kill you and actually you're fine. But as that develops into an anxiety and then you no longer get on planes, that can I dramatically see. change your life. Yeah. Or let's say you're afraid to, to talk in rooms in front of people. I know you don't look at that. Not but me. Uh, <laughs> let's imagine you did. That that could certainly uh, change the course of the kind of places that that you would allow yourself to go. Yeah, that, that's true. This is Reese Adams, Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about fear. How do you overcome your fears and how do you stop them from ruining your life? Here to tell us more is clinical psychologist Tyler Fortman. So do you think that there is a stigma around fear? There is, yes. Um, we, we socialize people that fear is bad, that, that it's something that we shouldn't, we shouldn't experience, or that somehow we're supposed to have a magic switch that we just flip off and that it, we aren't impacted by fear. Yeah. In fact, the much more empowering thing to do is to, to allow ourselves to, to say that we're normal, 